0: Hi, ladies, welcome to our first little shmooze. This week is Parsha's Bashalach. We are in Sefer Shmos, Perek Yud Gimel Pasak Yud Zayin to Perek Yud Zayin Pasak Tes Vav. The main points of this Parsha are where just after Yitzhak Misraim, the last plague has happened, all the Behoros have been killed off, and Bnei have have left. Uh, And suddenly, as we're traveling through the desert, we notice that Hashem has hardened Paro's heart again. And the Mitzri soldiers have essentially chased us out of Mitzrayim. We get to a point where we're trapped between this mass of Egyptian soldiers and all of their chariots and all of their horsemen and the shore of the Yamsuf. So what are we to do? Hashem does for us a nace in that moment. He tells Moshe, raise up your staff over the water and I'll split the sea for you. That's exactly what happens. The sea splits, we pass through. The water closes back in over the Mitzrim, killing all of their soldiers, protecting the Jews from any attack that could happen. And when we get to the other side of the Yom Suf, so we sing this beautiful, beautiful song of praise and of thanks and of joy to Hashem for the nace that he just did for us. And I think it's really die this week, if you have time. I know that we, we say it every day in Davening, but if you have time this week to go back through the English or the Hebrew, if you're able, and, and just reevaluate what the, the language of that song is, because it, the language is really beautiful. Um, so later on in the Parsha, Hashem does for us two more miracles as we're passing through the desert. The first is when we get to a place called Mara, The name of the place literally means bitter because the water there is bitter. We don't have anything to drink. And Hashem sweetens the water there, makes it potable for us and enables us to drink. And when we run out of matzah, remember, this is just after Yetzias Mitzrayim. So up to this point, we've been living off of matzah and eventually we run out. So Hashem realizes that. He sends down the man from Shemayim and we begin to subsist off of the man. Finally, we reach a place called Rafidim, and Amalek attacks us there. Moshe calls on Yoshua to gather an army, and we do battle with Amalek at Rafidim, and um, that is where the Parsha leaves us off. So, that brings us to the Haftorah, which is actually the longest of the year. We're in Sefer Shoftim, Prakim, Dalid and Hay. Uh, before I get into explaining what happens in the Haftorah, I want to just situate us a little bit within history. So Sefer Shoftim is in the time after the Jews have come into Eretz Yisrael. This is in the period directly after the reign of Joshua, who was appointed directly by Moshe to be his successor. And this is around a 350-year period. And there's a very quick succession of leaders all within this period. Um, they, they rule around 40 years, some much longer, some not as long, but 40 years is, is a general pretty general estimation of how long each Shofet was reigning, Um, and this is all while we're still in the process of claiming the land from the people who inhabited it before Hashem told us, you're to go and you're to take it. Um, So one more note I'll make is that during this time when we say a Shofet, yes, they're, they're sort of reigning over over Israel, they're they're our leader. They're in charge, but they're not what we think of today in terms of a leader. They're are a lot more. They're military leaders. They're on the ground doing battle with the other parts of the army. They're helping in this mission of taking the land, and they're also spiritual guides. They're supposed to be people that everybody can look up to, everybody can follow and take as a role model. Um, if you learn say for him, you'll notice that that is very much. Not always the case, but that's the idea here. So this week's haftorah Torah is during the reign of Devorah Hanavia. She's one of the few women in Jewish history who, who had Nevua, who had prophecy. And she's in charge at a time when we are doing very direct hands-on battle with the Canaanites. The Canaanites. So these are the people who lived in what is today sort of more central uh, what is modern-day Israel. And um, in the in the very beginning of the Haftorah, Devorah calls on someone called Barak ben Noam. He is one of the Israelite generals. And um, she calls on him to do war. He says, Devorah, I'll only go in if you come with me. She agrees. And they go to um, do battle with the Canaanites together. So in short, it's a very smashing victory. It's a landslide. We wreck the Canaanites. Um, essentially what happens is that the, the Israelites are able to drive the Canaanite forces into um, what in the text is called Nachal Kishon, but is what we would today call a wadi. Anybody who lives in Israel is is familiar with what that is, but for those of you who don't, um, you can look up a, a video of this, but it's essentially a dry riverbed that when the rain comes, it experiences a very quick and violent flash flood. All of the water comes in, it fills up very quickly, and it sweeps away anything that's in the middle of it. And that's essentially, um, the Medrash tells us, that that's what happened in this case. So when Devorah and Barak and their their forces drive the Canaanim down into that riverbed, Hashem sends... Uh, rain upstream and he essentially immobilizes all of their all of the Canaan, their chariots and they're left to do battle on foot and at that point it's kind of no contest. Um, the Jews win and there's a lone survivor. The lone survivor, his name is Sisera and Sisera escapes on foot. A few him back. Uh, we learn that there is a home nearby where this battle is happening. It's a tent, and in it lives this woman named Yael. And so Sisra runs to her tent. He knows that Devorah and Barak and the rest of, of the Jewish army will be will be looking for him, so he goes into hiding. He thinks that this woman, Yael, will, will protect him, and um, she she seemingly does. She takes him in, she feeds him, the Mefarshim disagree over whether or not the two had relations with each other um but essentially yael convinces him go to sleep get comfortable so so sisra does go to sleep and lays down and while he's asleep yael takes one of the pins of her tent out of the ground and drives it through sisra's temple killing him and finishing off this battle once and for all the medrash also tells us that. After this point, Yael converts to um, become fully Jewish. So when she sees um, Devorah and Barak passing by her tent, looking for Sisera, she calls them in. She shows them what has happened. And she, she says, he's dead, it's over. Um, so at this point, Barak and Devorah sing this beautiful song of thanks to Hashem um, for, for helping them in this battle. And that is is the main parallel between the the Torah and the Haftarah is that we have these two very long sections, which is you know is is a is beautiful poetry. It's words of song of thanks to Hashem for for helping us for doing a miracle for us. But there are key thematic differences between the two, and that's what I want to take a look at now. So in the song that the Jews sing after. Yetzias Mitzrayim. When we get to the other side of the Yamsuf, Suf, the language is very focused on Hashem and Hashem alone doing this miracle. We were helpless, and Hashem alone is the reason that we were able to survive. That's very evident in the language. Some of the some of the words in Pesach Ches of Parak Chesvav of Sefer Shmos. It says, at the blast of your nostrils the water piled up um, the flood stood up straight like a wall um, in the depths you you froze them in the, in the very heart of the sea a few pasukim later, some more languages um, you made the wind blow and the sea covered them up them being the Egyptian soldiers they they sank down into the water, um, into the mighty water like lead, and um, this through this language we see it's very apparent that um, in the world in the reality of Yetzias Mithraim in the world of the Midbar, the miracles are entirely Hashem. We eat, we survive solely based on Hashem. We have nothing to do with it. If Hashem. Gave up, we would be finished. And the song that Devorah sings in the Haftorah is really not the same. It's not the same reality because over here, um, after we've moved into the land of Israel, the, the reality is much different. Humans have to participate, humans have to put effort into making the miracles that Hashem has in store for them happen. And that's evident in the lead up to this miracle and in the miracle itself. Um, the language of the song is much different. In the beginning, in the first Pasuk, Devorah says, Anochi la Hashem, Anochi Shira Azamer la Hashem, Yisrael. So she's acknowledging that Hashem is the one that's in the background here. Hashem is the precursor to all of this. Without Him, none of this would have happened. But human effort is what manifests it in the physical world. And later on, we see that. She she mentions by name herself she mentions by name barak and um she mentions by name the specific shvatim who the the tribes whose members came out in droves to help support them in this war and a few pasukim later she mocks the people that didn't come to help there were some shvatim that kind of sat around, they kept doing business as usual, they said, okay, well, this isn't really affecting my life at all, so why should I send my people into battle with the Canaanites? What's the point? I'm fine. Um, and she she calls them out by name. And I think this is really evident that in Devorah's world, and in the world that we live in, this post-Midbar world of coming into Eretz Yisrael and, and dealing with the realities of, of life, is that our is essential to manifest Hashem's Nisim in the physical world. Um, it's not like in the Midbar where our food is quite literally falling out of the sky and um, we're being led by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire every night, being shown exactly where to go, where not to go. Um, we live in Devorah's world. In our world, we we have to, to put in our own effort. And even though that's true, I think we still, we all have moments in our lives that are like Kriyas Yamsuf, where Hashem helps us out of something that we, we thought, I, I, I've blown this, there's there's no way I can get myself out of this, and we also have moments that are like Devorah's, where we realize, okay, I, I see how I did my effort, I also see how this couldn't have happened without Hashem, and I think that's really the crux of why the Parsha and Haftorah are paired together the way that they are. It's it's a challenge to us that we have to hold space for both of these truths in our amunas Hashem. The parsha is here, to remind us that Hashem is kol yachol. He can do anything. He can split the sea. He can feed us from the sky. He's capable of doing anything that's beyond our wildest imagination, but that's not the way that he chooses to interact with us here and now, today. And the way that he does is very much illustrated by the Haftorah. Our reality is much more similar to Devorah's. We don't live in the world of the Midbar and the Man and the, and the miracles entirely from Hashem. We have to know that we're his partners in manifesting his Nisim in this world. He doesn't need us, of course. Hashem doesn't need anything. He doesn't lack anything. But the system that he has set up is designed for us to put in our tafilas, our mitzvahs, our hishtalas, to unlock the merits that he has in store for us in Shemayim. The point is not for him to simply give us everything and us to have to ask for nothing. We have to put in our efforts and that's doing like Deborah. So the Shabbos, those are good things for us to think about. You know, we should all be Zoha to be like Deborah, to look inside ourselves, ask, where can we do more? Where can we daven? Where can we act? Where can we put in more effort? Is it that Hashem's choosing not to give it to me or do I just have to ask in the right way at the same time We can be like moshe at the splitting of the sea. We can cry out We can trust Hashem even in the most seemingly impossible situation when we've done our best that There could still be something there for me. There could still be help in store for me and um in both of those situations to Sing his praises when when he delivers us from what whatever we're going through that, um we can see and recognize and appreciate both the hidden and the revealed miracles that he does for us on a daily basis and um, speak of them and and acknowledge them in our lives. So um, I wish you guys all have a beautiful Shabbos. And um, let me know if you have thoughts on this, if it's too long, if it's too fast, anything like that. And um, I'm looking forward to next week. See you then.